Brought to you by the WZIP sports team, this is Sports Power Talk Overtime. Featuring in-depth interviews. I didn't really plan to ask this, but since you brought it up, what's it like kind of having like your own meme? Like how does that make you feel? <laughs> Exclusive original content. He crosses paths with another best in the world. Oh, that gets you excited, don't it? Oh, that gets me excited. And of course, the hottest takes. My dad used to have this saying, if you don't like the series, you don't like football. Well, like... I say I'm a pretty big football fan, and I despise the <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> so get ready, because it's time for SPT Overtime. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Sports Power Talk Overtime. You read the description. You know what this episode is. It is SPTOT, Fantasy Football Preview. Yes, it is football season. I could not be more excited to get into the meat and potatoes of fantasy football this season. And I am joined by the lovely Jeff Longville. How's it going, everybody? And my close friend that was acknowledged by Joe Thomas, Alex Henry. I believe it was Matt who was acknowledged by Joe Thomas. <laughs> Take the, we were both acknowledged by Joe Thomas today. It was, it was cool. We, was are, we are recording this as of August 2nd. We just came from Brown's training camp. So, but you'll be hearing it's pretty this awesome, guys. Congratulations. Yeah. Was, Thank you. Cool free stuff. tickets and everything because they're always free. But anyways, guys, we're here to talk about fantasy football. It's that time of the year again. You guys excited? Absolutely. You guys excited? excited. All right, I'm excited, too. I love fantasy. So, what are some of your guys' favorite draft strategies? Alex, I'll go to you first. Yeah, I mean, there's, in my mind, there's only two strategies. Usually, you know, you're in a 10-man, you're going to have your your 1-4 to four picks, your 5-7s, to sevens, and your 8-9 and 10s. But really, I, I break it up to early picks, 1-5, to five, and late 5-10. to 10. And if it's me in an early pick... I'm going to try to go back-to-back with my running backs. Really? All right. And I, I want to go maybe wide receiver third. And that third spot's really hard. Uh, I'd go tight end, wide receiver, running back. Any of those would be fine. But but you got to remember, if, if you're drafting with your family, you're going to have <laughs> that guy um, in your league who takes Josh Allen in the first. You're going to have people taking players that are too high and you're going to have people that pass on players so so obviously when you're going into strategy make sure you're picking who's best there for their value um which we'll get into that and, and, and yeah, if you're yeah. late i i i want to go wide receiver first or if you can get somebody who's still in like a top tier running back um that's not your c-mac or jonathan taylor i'd go there and i'd follow it by wide receiver too um and then you want to get a good quarterback in that strategy as well. But if I was going to avoid any strategy, <laughs> don't go tight end quarterback early. Just leave him later. I know Kelsey looks good. I know he's consistent, but just leave him and stick to just a basic running back or you get your A tier, S tier. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you know, good stuff there, Jeff. You got anything to add to that? Yeah, so for me, in the first round, I really like to draft a running back who can catch. You get points from rushing and catching in PPR. Or at the very least, try to get a very productive running back in the first round. Then I like to focus on receiver. I try not to take a quarterback until at least the third round. And if you can, try to get a quarterback and wide receiver that are on the same team 
get double points from touchdowns that way. Good old stack. Absolutely. Wide receiver, quarterback stack. Mm-hmm. Can't beat it. Right. And then um, fill out the rest of my roster with more running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. But I like to be the first one to take a defense and a kicker once most of my starting roster is mostly filled out just because I can try to get the best at something that a lot of people overlook. Why not? You know what they say. First person that takes a kicker wins the championship. That's right. So I guess in our draft. Justin Tucker all the way. I guess in our draft later on. We'll be fighting that. We know the championship already. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. All right. I'll see you there. Anyway, now, my personal draft strategies, I have two main ones. And if I'm picking in, okay, this is assuming it's a 10-man league, which I think we all did our notes on. That's the most often, fan, most common fantasy league number. I go with either an anchor running back if I'm in the top five, which, you know, anchor running back, obviously, that is your cream of the crop. This guy is going to get you 20-plus points each week. He's, he's going to be the reason you win every week every week and then if i'm towards the end of the draft and it's a snake draft i am all i am always willing to try the zero running back strategy Mm -hmm. have you guys ever gone zero running back i have not i've never went zero running back but this year especially matt i couldn't agree more if you're late in a 10 man you want to go i i i love the idea of no running back yeah so for those who don't know zero running back it's not obviously it's not taking zero running backs because you need two in your uh in your roster every week at least zero running back it prioritizes taking the highest ranked wide receivers and tight ends that you can find on the draft board at the time so let's say you know you're the eighth pick you know your elite running backs are off the board but you could somehow get cooper cup it's either Cooper Cup or a DeAndre Swift. Take the Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. All right, you're at right. the turn. You're at the turn. All of a sudden, do I want to take Joe Mixon or do I want to grab Travis Kelsey, Stephon Diggs, or Mark Andrews? Some of those guys are going to be top five in their position. Some of those, and obviously Joe Mixon's not going to be that high as far as running backs go. So I am always willing to try zero running back towards the end. Now, you know, we talked about what do we do when we draft. What are some of the most common mistakes that either you guys have made or that you've seen uh, your league mates make and have capitalized on? Well, my favorite fantasy football story, Matt and Jeff, I uh, first oh, let you guys ever in seventh grade church. Uh, <laughs> That's so this, this is a while ago. Uh, first pick in the draft, somebody picked Peyton Manning. Uh, that was there. What year was this? It was... 2014, 2015. Okay, so this, okay. Is, this is before he like fell off, because like yeah. there's like the Peyton Manning fall off. It doesn't matter. It went from like Peyton, <laughs> it went from like Peyton Manning MVP to like right. Peyton Manning retirement home. Correct, but the, the principle still lies in never. I don't like quarterback early, and I would wait. I, I know Jeff might disagree with me, but I wait at least to four. Uh, to go to quarterback. Not a bad idea. You guys act like that's late. Like, that's like the third guy on no, your team. I, that's, like that, that's really early still. No, I, I wouldn't even go fourth personally. Uh, I wouldn't go fourth personally. Okay, so that, that's if like your like no. top-ranked quarterback was still there and it's like round four. For sure. Okay. For okay. Sure. If I start to see people taking quarterbacks, I might jump on it, but mm. if they're not, I can wait. Okay, okay. But uh, I'm definitely against... This this idea that you have to take Travis Kelsey in the first round, I just am very against it. I think Travis Kelsey is a great player, but I'm not like there's so many people I'd rather pick at first than Travis Kelsey. So I'm not going Travis Kelsey first. Okay, Jeff, how about you? Um, a lot like Alex said, taking a quarterback in the first round, I think a lot of people seem to prioritize quarterback because it's the most important position in real life. Right. And they kind of 
uh, bring that over into fantasy, but it's not. You can wait till rounds three or four and get a quality quarterback. Um, taking certain players just because of their name, you know, like those big names that have kind of filtered out as yeah, the years have yeah. gone on. You want to make sure that they're still being productive in recent years. And then taking too many rookies because they may or may not pan out in that, year one. Yeah, that's an underrated one right mm-hmm. there. That's an underrated one. But anyway, you, you hit on a point earlier, and you said understanding that this is fantasy football. Mm-hmm. And that was one thing that I always, like, I fell victim to. So, like, my first ever fantasy draft, it was also in seventh grade. I drew the first pick, and I took Drew Brees. And my family laughed me off the kitchen table. <laughs> now, like, we, we didn't do the league online, so we didn't know how it ended, but we stopped keeping score after week six, and I was one and five. But, you know, understanding that fantasy football, it is not reality. So the, so the guys you would build an NFL franchise around are not necessarily guys you want to build your fantasy team around. Because, I mean, have you guys ever gone, like, waiver wire hunting in, like, the midst of, like, a playoff run? Like, Equemius St. Brown for me last year. Like, I did not know who that guy was until I plugged him in. He got me 18 in a must-win game, and I was safe in playoff contention. But then uh, another draft strategy mistake that I see a lot of people make is not coming in prepared. I think, you know, we've all have that one friend in our leagues who they come in, you hand them like, you know, if sometimes if you guys have a cheat sheet, you hand them that or like they look up like the ESPN rankings and that's their first time seeing players this entire year. But obviously you guys are not going to fall victim to that because you're listening to this. The best fantasy prep podcast that we can offer. Can I just can I just say that I've actually experienced like joining a league with somebody that didn't even really watch football, really? but actually somehow drafted a, a good team. Was it auto draft or was it like they were? No, like he it he was did it. In, it was an in person. He draft. did it, and we were all laughing wow. at his picks, but they all just panned out that year. And I'm, I think he won, and I I wow. couldn't yeah, believe that, it. It, it goes to show that at the end of the day, no matter how correct and how right we each are all in this podcast which is going to be very accurate. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, this is going to age like fine wine. It doesn't matter. Yep. Fantasy is purely luck, and anybody mm-hmm. that tells you it's not luck is wrong. Yeah, no, and that's one thing that I think it's going to set us apart from all the other stuff you'll see on the Internet. We're not going to pull some, like, random stat at you like you will, like, fantasy football TikTok, where it's like, <laughs> this guy finished at, like, his, like, ADP is, like, 104th. But he has this combined stat with this random <laughs> stat that I made up, and this guy's going to win you your league, and it's actually, like, the third-string guy on the Lions, and it's like, who, who yeah. is this guy? Right. Yeah. No, we acknowledge that there is a, an immense luck factor into this. But speaking of luck factor, probably the biggest indicator of your luck comes on draft night with your first-round pick. And so what do you do? What do you do? What do you do middle, early, and late? Alex, I'll throw it over to you. You have a high first-round pick. What are you doing? I have a first high-round pick. I'm going running back. And the only acceptable reason not to go running back is Cooper Cup. That is the only reason. If you want to go Cooper Cup in the top four, I will allow it. <laughs> I might I might look at you a little weird. You've got the, you, you've got the mullet seal of approval right now. Yeah, That's but right. you, you, are, you are allowed to take... You're allowed to take him. Uh, but, yeah, I definitely go running back there, Matt. Uh, you get into your your mid-picks, and it's it's do you want a running back that has ceiling to be a top-five running back? Uh, I, I personally go there, but, again, you could go Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, 
and I wouldn't look at you too weird. Yeah, I, I think we can all agree, like, if assuming it's, like, a 10-man, picks, like, 5, 6, and 7 are, like, no man's land. And you yeah, kind of just want to cry if you draw those. <laughs> this year, I would want to be drafting at the beginning of the draft or the end of the round. Shocking. For sure. <laughs> Riveting. Riveting's content I there. would not want to be in the middle of the draft. Uh, and if you're at the end, you have a lot of options. Um, but I... Like Matt stated earlier, you can go wide receiver, try to get a big wide receiver. You know, you might get lucky and one of those guys I named fall to you. You take those guys, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. If not, I go running back and you get whatever you're going to get your best buck for there. Fair enough. Jeff, same question to you. Uh, Yeah, just like Alex said, I like going running back if I have a top pick, especially one that can catch for PPR. Um, If I'm in the middle, I... I try to still get a solid running back, even if they can't catch. Yeah. Um, but I could definitely see you making the argument for going wide receiver there. Yep. Um, and at the end, let's say it's ten man league. I got like pick like eight or nine. Yeah, yeah. I'm probably going wide receiver. And then if it's a snake draft, circle back in round two and try to get a quality running back there. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so my advice for this: you're picking in the top three or four. For the love of God, do not reach. Now is not the time to reach on a player that you think might be the guy that finishes as the best player in fantasy. You have a surefire guy that can get you in the playoffs. Do not test your luck. Take the known commodity. And besides, if you're doing this in person and if like like if I took Travis Kelsey first overall in the WZIP draft, I would get laughed out of the building. Correct. And I should <laughs> and I should because of that. because I might have a high gut feeling on him, but at the same time I'm passing up something that's known to be good. Uh pick it in the middle. Uh hope to God someone one through three or one through four reaches. And then one of these elite players falls to you, like Derrick Henry or Cooper Cup. It's not you're kind of in no man's land. And so, you know, you really have to come in prepared knowing, like, what do I want to do? What is the upside of player A, B, and C, and who do I take? And then end of the first round, best player available. Whether that's a receiver, maybe it's like a Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, or maybe somehow a running back uh, slipped to you, go with them. But at the same time, this is your first round pick. This player will make or break your team. This is the franchise player of your made-up team. So I have a funny story. Go for it, A couple please. of years ago, I had, I think it was the first pick, and I drafted David Johnson, and this was the year after he led the oh, NFL yeah, in yeah. The year, uh, scrimmage the year, yards. The year he was, like, really hyped up as, yeah. like, the best fantasy and player then, ever. Uh, he got hurt week one versus the Lions and was out for the season. I did not <laughs> win fantasy that year. Oh, man. Well, uh, we know what to do with our uh, first overall pick, so now we got to fill out the middle and late rounds. So what is your guys' advice to our listeners when it comes to the rest of the draft? Yeah, I kind of already hinted at it earlier. I I am big on late quarterbacks. Um, there's just not enough talent at running back this year. Um, there's... There is talent at wide receiver. A lot of talent wide um, receiver. For sure. But you still want to be able to get the best wide receivers early. The top 12 quarterbacks last year averaged 18.8 a game. Whereas the same stat for running backs was three. So you have a difference. (laughs) Wow. There were three running backs last year that averaged over 18, whereas 12 averaged over 18. If you can get a quarterback that starts that gets you over 18 a week, you're pretty all right in a 10-man. Yeah, that's where it comes in. It's Um, fantasy football. Correct. Not not real football. Yeah, Not real. 
Like, Jameis Winston and Patrick Mahomes could score the same amount of fantasy points each week, but Patrick Mahomes could win, like, 42-17 to 17 against Jameis Winston. Right. It's like fantasy. So, so if you're mid, I'm still trying to get those good wide receivers and tight ends. I'm hoping that you were able to get at least one good running back, maybe two if you got lucky, and now you're looking at tight ends and you're looking at wide receivers that are still available. And if you really want and your team's not looking too hot, go ahead and get the best quarterback while he's there. That's That'd be my advice if you're in the middle. Jeff, give our listeners some wisdom. Yeah, pretty much the same for me. Uh, prioritize um, wide receivers and tight ends if you can in the middle. Um, if you start seeing quarterbacks go, you should probably take one. Or if you want to be the first one to take a quarterback, I don't have a problem with that. But if you can prioritize your skill positions, I would do that. See, you hinted on something that actually I want to avoid our listeners about it. And that's falling victim to player runs, actually. Because if so, I think tight ends and quarterbacks are the most likely of these two. Would you guys agree to that? If you see one go, it's like, oh, oh, shoot, I got to pick one of these guys. Right. I think that's where people make a lot of their mistakes because let's like someone's got to be the first. So someone's going to do it. And if you take that and that takes you off of your draft plan, because now all of a sudden maybe you didn't want to take a tight end till the sixth round. But someone takes one in the third, and it's like, oh, my gosh, the top five tight ends that I wanted are all gone. But the wide receivers that I still want are there. Take the wide receivers that you want that are still there. Take what You have to go into this prepared, and don't fall victim to peer pressure because if you're doing these drafts in person, it can be really hard to you know, stick, to your, like, stick to your willpower. Go with your gut. But that's one of my things. Don't fall victim to player runs. If anything, be the guy that starts a player run. Cause some right. chaos. Cause some chaos. Make your friends panic. Don't panic because of your friend. And then another thing is just staying focused. These things can go like two and a half, three hours sometimes. Like sometimes you'll forget. Like we all have that one guy that just, excuse me, forgets uh, forgets who went. And like from their pick, they just paid no attention and all of a sudden they're back on the clock and it's like, oh, I want this guy. Well, he was picked four picks ago. Oh, I want this guy. Right. So don't be that guy. Stay focused. Stick to your gut. Don't fall for player runs. All right. Now, we know how to draft, but now who should we draft? Mm. So I think the big meat and potatoes of fantasy football are going to come from your running back scoring and your wide receiver scoring. And we're going to get right into our running back rankings. Instead of listing these guys in just order of like one through whatever, we're going to put these guys into tiers for you to make it easy. We've got three tiers for you guys. We have an elite tier. These guys are your franchise players. Like, take them in the first round. If they're available to you, they will win you leagues or at least get you in the playoffs. Then we got a good tier. These are your second, third, fourth round picks. These guys are going to be serviceable starters, have a really high upside, and, you know, they're going to be the meat and potatoes of your team. And then we just got the solid guys. You know, these are the guys that are going to fill out your roster. If they score a touchdown that week, great benefit for you. But, you know, they're, they're just the roster fillers. They're not, you're not expecting much of them, just consistency. Now, I will turn it over to you, Alex. Let's get your running back rankings. Listen, your first running back should be Jonathan Taylor. He is the clear number one, and I want to say that right now. And everyone after him is very hard to rank, but I'm going to do it anyway. So in that first tier, you want Jonathan Taylor. Then you look at a guy like Christian McCaffrey. And I don't think he has Todd Gurley injuries. I think he's just hurt a lot of people in leagues. Yep, present, he, present company included. <laughs> I had him last year. He is only 25. Since 
2018, he's averaged 25.5 points per game, which is 35% more than the next guy. And he's missed 70% of his games the last two seasons. I, I cannot pass that upside. It's just Christian McCaffrey's proved time and time again he can be the best running back. I'm going with him at two. And then I would go Derrick Henry. And I know people are nervous about Derrick Henry, too. Age, uh, his foot injury. But he came back and he played last year. wasn't great, but he was there. And he was there, yes. He gets a lot of carries. This Titans offense has nothing. Derrick Henry's going to get 25,000 carries. And he might get some targets. And then, boom, he's the best running back in fantasy again. So that's who I put in that first tier. Uh, and I do want to say I, te- I talk a lot about risk. I'm going to say this right now. You guys can disagree. Oh, boy. Playing it safe does not win your league in fantasy. It gets you third, fourth, maybe second if you're lucky. You know what third gets you? Your money back. <laughs> if you're in a league that gets your money back, that's what third gets you. Okay. But you have to – if you're in it to win – you have to take risk on a guy like Christian McCaffrey or Derrick Henry because the guys that have have high ceilings, that hit their high ceilings, are going to be the one that win your lane. All right, fair enough. Jeff, let's get your elite running back rankings. So for my elite tier, I have two of the same that Alex had, um, but one of them that is missing is Christian McCaffrey, and I'll explain why later. Um, like you said, Alex, Jonathan Taylor is the clear number one overall pick. Led the NFL in rushing yards and touchdowns last year, as well as all-purpose yards last year. Doesn't have a whole lot of competition at that position in Indy and has a great O-line. And Derrick Henry is also in there. I believe he is still the best running back in the NFL if he's healthy. He should be healthier this year and is the main focal point of Tennessee's offense and should get plenty of touches. There you go. Just Derrick Henry in there. Mm-hmm. All right. Fair enough. All right. Uh, for my elite list, surprise, surprise, Jonathan Taylor's in there. Now, I fell victim to playing against uh, the man that had Jonathan Taylor in my leagues last year twice in the last uh, eight games, the way its schedule was. I lost by 35 and 53. So you you faced him when he scored like I four touchdowns. I faced Jonathan Taylor when he became fantasy yeah, god Jonathan as, Taylor. As did I. So, yes, I've seen it firsthand. Jonathan Taylor, you guys already hit the head on it. Most all-purpose yards last year, most rushing touchdowns. This man is something special when it comes to fantasy football. And my other guy, as Alex had, good old Christian McCaffrey. Mm. Now, the biggest concern with him is his health, as Alex already alluded to. But if McCaffrey falls to you at, like, third or fourth, and if you pass on him, that could be a detrimental mistake because he got... Okay, again, we're recording this August 2nd, so maybe if he if he gets... some If he somehow gets injured between now and when this goes out, August 8th, that's on us. But Christian McCaffrey, if he falls to you, take him because his upside is league winning now let's go over to our you know pretty good running backs our good tier you know these are guys that you would not mind to be your running back one and if they're your running back two you're in great shape alex i'll throw it over to you i'm gonna give you a bunch matt At, this, yes yes this is it, these are gonna get pretty these are gonna get pretty long list there's guys. a lot there's a lot of mid-tier questionable rb1 great rb2s yep so i'm gonna give them to you I got Najee Harris uh, first, and first off, I'm going to say, out of spite, I won't draft Steelers players as a Browns fan, Um, but if you want to draft a Steelers fan because you're not a spiteful fantasy person, 
that Najee Harris is your guy. Crazy good last season. 307 carries and 94 targets. Insane. That's the targets he won. His, his usage last year was <laughs> through the roof. Yeah, he, I, he scores double-digit touchdowns. And I'm not saying he gets all these targets again this year because I don't think he will. But, I mean, even if he does half as good as he did, he's still going to give you... That's still 150 carries. Yeah. That's 10-plus carries a game, six receptions a game. That's still... Uh, that's 21 points right there. Correct. And that's why I'm so high on him. Another guy I'm high on, this might be my hottest take, but I hope not, is Dalvin Cook. Yeah. And I get if you don't want to buy into the Dalvin Cook uh, hype, but I am. I'm buying all of it. I want every share in that All the stock. stock. All the stock. Um, Stocks. And, you know, I'm not a wizard. I don't know how much he's going to play, but I know his upside is at Christian McCaffrey level. And even if he only does play 12, 15 games, he will be great for all of them. He is always on pace for over 1,300 yards, and something will happen, and I like Dalvin Cook. At six, I like Austin Eckler. Uh, yeah, you guys, Isaiah Spiller, 220-pound back. He's going to get a lot of end zone rushes, and that's why I have Austin Eckler so low. Yeah. There's people that are taking Eckler high. He, Eckler is not going to get those end zone rushes like you think, and that's why I have him deeper, but he's still a great back. Agree. I have Joe Mixon at seven. Because he gets a lot of end zone runs, and he's going to guarantee you at least 10 touchdowns, maybe more, and he has a better offensive line this year. So, you know, if he doesn't get as many targets, it's not the worst thing. I think he's going to pick it up in yards. Then I got a guy named Leonard Fournette. Uh, You're putting Lenny up there. Played great last year, Matt, and I. Uh, they paid him. They paid him and to be the workhorse in Tampa. Tom Brady loves to dump the ball. They have a good O-line. In 14 games, Uncle Lenny got you 84 <laughs> targets and 69 catches. Now, if he plays the whole season, that's going to be pretty good for Uncle Lenny. So I give Uncle Lenny 8. Uh, then DeAndre Swift, I have it 9. And that's going to be my last in this mid-tier. Um, uh, Swift is just missing... Uh, Swift is missing just as much time as Cook with injuries. So I don't want to go higher on him. And I've seen a lot of production in the, like towards the end of his game. I just don't know how high his ceiling really is. And that's why I still have him in this mid-tier list. But I'm not like – it's just – it's tough. Yeah, I feel like I right. have to put him in my top ten running backs. And I feel like it would be disrespectful not to. So there he is. And, and like when we say like mid tier, these guys are still like all gone before the fourth round. Still, like these, these these guys are, are all like guys that are okay if you have to get them as. A oh yeah, ball. yeah. No, these guys are. If they're your starters, you're 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 okay. Yes. You're okay. Yeah. They're not like yeah. No, these guys aren't bad by any stretch of the imagination. Now, Jeff, let's get your mid tier running back ones. Uh, so for me, in no particular order, um, we're going to start with Christian McCaffrey. If he's healthy, you can make the argument he could go number one. But that's the problem. He hasn't been healthy. Uh, only played in 10 games in the past two years. To me, that makes him a risk. But if he stays healthy, he's obviously an elite-tier player. And like you said, Alex, if he ends up falling to you, I have no problem going and getting him. But for me to say, like, if I have, like, pick number three and he's still there, I might just pass because I'm scared. Mm. Um, another one, Alvin Kamara, kind of the same thing. Not the best rusher, but can catch the ball out of the backfield and is a dynamic playmaker and will always find a way to get you points. But 
might be in jail here pretty yeah, soon. Yeah, he might. He's facing so. some legal trouble. He has a pending suspension, obviously. If you're listening to this when it comes out the week of the 8th, you might know. But we're recording this on the 2nd, so forgive us if we're wrong. Right, so again, a lot of risk factor there. Um, Nick Chubb, obviously one of the best backs in the NFL, but splits a lot of time with Kareem Hunt. Dalvin Cook, elite dual-threat talent, um, also has those injury issues, like you said, Alex. Hasn't played a full season since he's been in the NFL, so that brings him down to good tier for me. Austin Eckler, only a decent rusher, but has good receiving capabilities and caught eight receiving touchdowns last year. And like you said, Alex, with Isaiah Spiller making a name for himself, his production could go down. Um, Joe Mixon was third in the NFL in rushing yards and rushed for 13 touchdowns last year. And now is a better O-line, so see what he does with that. Najee Harris finished fourth in rushing yards as a rookie last year. And with Ben gone and less QB talent on the Pittsburgh Steelers roster, he could be leaned on more heavily this year. And then the last guy I have is Aaron Jones. Hasn't been the main focal point of the Green Bay offense since they've had Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. But now Devontae Adams is gone, and with a lackluster wide receiver core, Green Bay will probably lean on Aaron Jones a little bit more this year. Solid list there, solid list there. So my mid-tier RB1s, Austin Eckler. The receiving upside is there. He is a lesser McCaffrey, but he is a way more durable McCaffrey. I had him last year, and he might have missed two or three games for me. I can't pull the stat off the top of my head. His upside's there. Now, he is getting a little older, so I think there's going to be some fall-off compared to years past, but the receiving upside's there, rushing upside's decent. Also, following that list, Derrick Henry. This man's a workhorse. Tennessee will run him to death. He will get double-digit touchdowns guaranteed. He's the focal point of that Titans offense that just lost A.J. Brown. They're going to be leaning on him. Following Henry... I have Dalvin Cook, who is entering a new offense. Alex is cheering for me. Give me Cook. Give me Cook. We're cooking something up here. But speaking of uh, Kevin O'Connell just took over as the Minnesota Vikings head coach, runs a very great, very great run designer. Dalvin Cook's going to be a focal point of that offense. Uh, You know, when Clint Kubiak was still the offensive coordinator, he put up 12, 1,300-yard seasons with an improved running, uh, with an improved running scheme. He could be even more deadly than in years past, and he still has receiving upside. Now, I have Najee Harris right after Dalvin Cook. Big Ben retired, and a lot of Najee's production was over usage because of Big Ben's limited abilities, and a lot of his receptions were because Ben couldn't push the ball down the field. So while I do agree his efficiency will go up, I think his usage will go down. A little bit, so that's why I can't put him in these tier ones. But Najee Harris is a dual threat running back. He can he has the capability of running for 1,200 yards, a double digit touchdown through the ground, and what he can add in the air cannot be overlooked. Following that, another AFC North running back, Joe Mixon, finally improved that offensive line. Yeah, and Joe Burrow, he loves he loves getting the ball out quick. And Joe Mixon's going to be a great red zone option for them. And my last running back in this middle tier is DeAndre Swift. The upside with him is there. It's just, can he put it all together? Because, Alex, I get what you're saying. Like, end of last season, he was looking good. He was looking good. Now, the question is, can he, you know, find his potential fantasy-wise? I don't know. That's why I've got him at the tail end of this mid-middle tier. All right, guys. We are into the low-end RB1 list. Alex, I will throw it over to you. I got Nick Chubb. And I have Nick Chubb this low, even though he's still great. And if you can get him as your RB1, that's great. I think Nick Chubb's one of the best running backs in the league. 
But as a fantasy running back, he is very above average. It's a cautionary. Like it's, it's a cautionary tale with Nick Chubb. He, there's a, there's a little warning sign there. And there's a lot of things. I mean, there's a lot of good things. And dude averages five yards a carry. That's insane. Uh, but he doesn't catch and he doesn't get a lot of targets. Now is that Baker's fault? I was at I was at training camp today. Nick Chubb was getting a lot of targets. And he, was, love, he was getting he was getting involved in the screen game too. I, was, I love to see it. So if Nick Chubb's getting those targets, he can easily become a top five running back. So fantasy I got Nick wise. Chubb. Fantasy, fantasy wise. wise. Yes. Then I have Aaron Jones. Um, he's one of the most trusted running backs in the league, especially for Rodgers. I think his involvement goes down in red zone carries, but his upside is that he's going to get more targets with Adams out. Uh, then I got guys like your Saquon Barclays, your James Connors, Zeke Elliott. I like Javante Williams. I love Cam Akers if you're going um, wide receivers early. If you're David Montgomery's and you're Elijah Mitchells. Those are all good guys to kind of get in this later yep. tier. But I definitely wanted to touch on Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones just because if you can get them early, um, that's good. Yep. All right, Jeff, let's hear your uh, low-end uh, running backs. Again, in no particular order, um, DeAndre Swift, who I can definitely see you making the case for being a good tier, but I have been solid. No, fair enough. Um, right. Um, should have a more productive year in his sophomore season. I think the Lions as a whole will get better, like as in the product on the field will yeah, get better, yeah. um, thus probably increasing Swift's productivity. Um, Javante Williams, I think at some point, he should work his way into the primary running back slot for Denver. I think to start the season, it'll still be Melvin, but as the season goes on, it'll be Javante. Yep. Um, but Melvin Gordon is still going to get a lot of carries, even with Javante Williams taking over the number one responsibilities. So that's why he's at solid. Uh, Josh Jacobs, I think that Vegas is going to try to push the Carr-Adams connection a lot this year, which is going to take away from Josh Jacobs' production. Elijah Mitchell should be more productive in year two. And then Antonio Gibson... Good dual threat, and with Wentz as the starter, could get amount, a good amount of opportunities as he's the safe option there. And then a quick side note on guys like Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, and J.K. Dobbins. I think they're good picks if they play up to their potential, but injuries have slowed down Saquon Barkley the past couple years, and injury may slow down J.K. Dobbins. And Zeke, quite frankly, has been outworked by Tony Pollard, and I wouldn't really advise taking any of them early. There's a lot of risk there, but if they fall to you later, I have no problem with you picking them up. Oh, yeah, certainly. I like that list a lot there. Uh, so for my solid low-end running back one tier, I've got Leonard Fournette. He's the running back one in Tampa, clearly. He got paid this offseason, but it seems like he rewarded himself with, like, condolies because that guy is apparently, like, 280 right now. He Come looks on, like Leonard. Dude, Come center, on, Uncle Lenny. Their center just went down. He might be able to hop in the interior. Right Uncle now. Lenny looks good. <laughs> All right. Well, at the same time, yeah, he, you know, Florida heat in August, he could easily, you know, lose 40 pounds of water sure. weight. But uh, anyway, yeah, Leonard Fournette, a little bit of a risk there. Nick Chubb, uh, he's splitting reps with Kareem Hunt, but unfortunately, a lot of those reps are when the Browns are in the red zone. So, you know, therefore, he's not going to have many scoring opportunities compared to some of these other guys. Uh, Aaron Jones, he's still splitting time with A.J. Dillon, but he should get a lot more of the red zone looks in Green Bay. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he's still splitting time with A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon's been a better running back on the ground, so I don't know how Green Bay wants to split their time there. In this list, I have Alvin Kamara. 
in which if he wasn't facing legal issues, he'd be way higher up on this list. But at the same time, if he's going to miss six to six games minimum, that might be something you want to avoid. I also have Javante Williams on this list. I think he's going to start the year off splitting reps with Melvin Gordon. I think towards the middle and end of the season, he could become the RB1 in Denver. But at the same time, are you willing to wait that long? And then I also have last two are David Montgomery, who is the running back one on the Chicago on the Chicago yeah, Chicago Bears. That's how you say it. You know, he is the uh, he's pretty much that offense is really limited, and he's one of the only playmakers that they have. And my only concern is they're not going to be scoring a lot of points. So they're going to be down early, and they might have to start throwing a lot. So that's why I had Montgomery low. And the last one, James Conner. That offense, they love to put four wide receivers on the field. They really don't care to run much. But James Conner showed he can get involved in the passing game. So if he is, yeah, this is the absolute last guy I consider to be my running back one. Let's switch over to other pass catchers, guys that are supposed to pass catch passes, mm. the wide receivers. Now, we'll go right into this, Alex. Let's get your elite tier, guys. My elite tier guy is oh. Cooper Cup. I'm only taking Cooper Cup as in the late tier. Allen Robinson in. OBJ's out. Cooper Cup just came off an incredible season. He is the best elite S-tier wide receiver, Cooper Cup. Real high motor guy. Yeah. <laughs> high, high motor, plays the game the right way. Gritty. <laughs> you know, toughness. Uh, <laughs> Jeff. Who do you have as your elite wide receivers or singular wide receiver? <laughs> I have multiple. Obviously, okay. Cooper Cup is at the top of the list. Won the Triple Crown last year. Was second in all-purpose yards last year. And as of right now, Odell, not on the Rams. Could open up a lot more opportunities for him. Uh, second, Devontae Adams. I know that Derek Carr isn't as good as Aaron Rodgers, but... Devontae Adams is a beast and still should be insanely productive. They have that chemistry from Fresno State, so hopefully that works out for them. Uh, Jamar Chase, fourth in receiving yards and third in touchdowns last year. Should be better next year with the great chemistry he already has with Joe Burrow. Justin Jefferson, fourth in receptions and second in receiving yards last year. And then Debo Samuel, who was third in all-purpose yards last year and does have rushing incentives in his new contract, so maybe we could still see him run the ball this year. Maybe. That's, that was also something nice to have. As he, was, right. he was in one of my leagues. That was nice to get a free, like, four points from that every week. But uh, that that's your list? Mm-hmm. All right. My elite tier guys. I mean, you guys already mentioned Cooper Cup. I don't know if there's any – there's much more to say about him. You know, what, 1,600 yards last year, double-digit touchdowns? But what if I were to tell you his offensive coordinator found another wide receiver of maybe greater talent and now got to uh, now got now got to experiment with uh, Justin Jefferson in that role? Because Kevin O'Connell's now in Minnesota mm. and Justin Jefferson's been taking a lot of reps in the slot and he's been he's I've been following some Minnesota beat reporters it looks a lot like how O'Connell used Cup in LA and I think I, I think Justin Jefferson's just a more talented player, and now you're able to scheme up some of that production. Justin Jefferson could very well finish the year at wide receiver one. Now, I, those are the only guys I had in that elite tier. Uh, Alex, I'll throw it over to your uh, good tier. Yeah, so Justin Jefferson, number one. The only thing I'll add to that is, you know, you look at a guy like Adam Thielen, he's on the back end of his career. So not only was Justin Jefferson the clear wide receiver 
one before, but now he's the way better wide receiver one. Uh, I got Jamar Chase, and I think his ceiling could be so much higher than it was last season, and he has great potential. Then I put Devontae Adams, and I do not think that Devontae Adams was a product of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, sure, he's going to have more competition in Vegas. However, I think he will get way better targets with Carr because Rodgers won't be forcing the ball and his shares might drip. But I, I bet you that Devontae Adams gets somewhere between 150 to 160 targets this year. Easy. Oh, I can see it. Sure. Um, I got Stefan Diggs, uh, best route runner in the league. Uh, both seasons he's had 160 targets, could easily become the wide receiver one at the end of the season. 127 catches two years ago, one of the best QBs throwing him the ball. Number six, I put CD Lamb. Uh, he's a stud, and uh, he's a stud. Amari Cooper left, too. He's, he's there. James no Wa- Cooper. James Washington just got hurt. Highest scoring offense last year. Top five in pass attempts for a season. I like CD Lamb. And then... Seven and eight. I got se- I got Mike Evans at seven. Ooh. I could sit here and make a great case for him all day and how he has Hall of Fame consistency. When Chris Godwin was gone last year, he saw 10 targets, 6.8 catches, and caught five touchdowns in six games, averaging 20 points a game. Uh, Tampa Bay also averages passing the ball the most last year. I like that. And I like his upside, so I go Mike Evans. And then I got Debo. Samuel, lots of screens, 28 last year, which was third highest in the league. But his ceiling is lower than a lot of wide receivers, I think. Uh, He also averaged 10 yards after catch last season. And in yards per receptions last year, he led the NFL with 18.25. So very impressive. But you got to remember, you have three lines. I don't I don't get the Trey Lance hate anyway. Okay. I think it's a risk. I think he's good. Okay. But it's it's Trey Lance throwing the ball. Um he also has more rushing touchdowns than most of our top running backs that we like. Uh, <laughs> that That's the beauty of the Shanahan offense. So, so. you gotta love Debo. I'm gonna put my last guy, T. Higgins, has a better line this wow, year. Wow, that's that's early. Wow. And I, uh, I'm high on T. Higgins. Clearly. And I, uh, I'm gonna put him at, put him in that little mid tier. Wow. Place. All right, Jeff. Let's hear yours. Uh, once again, no particular order. Uh, the first guy I have is Stephon Diggs. Uh, I think that he's just barely out of my elite tier, but I just think that everybody else uh, that I had before him is better. Buffalo, I think, is primed to have a great year this year, and I think Diggs is gonna be a big part of that. Uh, Mike Evans, second in touchdowns last year. But Tampa Bay has a very deep receiver core. They just added Julio Jones, so I can't put him in elite. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is only in good tier because he's out for the first six games. When he comes back, he's going to be a beast. Um, Keenan Allen, great wide receiver, but splits catches with Mike Williams. CeeDee Lamb uh, should be Dak's most reliable target with Amari Cooper gone. A.J. Brown is elite tier talent but he's going to a new team, and it's going to split catches with Devontae Smith. And then the last guy I have is Terry McLaurin. Great wide receiver, but again, has Carson Wentz as his quarterback. Um, He's put up solid numbers with lackluster quarterback play thus far into his career, so we'll see if he does the same thing with Carson Wentz. Good list, good list. So as far as mine go, my good tier, I've got Jamar Chase. Now there's... 
Now, again, I had Jamar Chase a couple weeks last year towards the end of the year where, like, oh, my gosh. I had him against the Chiefs where he had, like, 200 right. yards, three touchdowns. Wonderful. But with Jamar Chase in Cincinnati, I kid you not when I say most of their play calling last year towards the end, the end of the year was, Joe Burrow, you're taking a three-step drop and you're throwing a go ball to Jamar Chase. Mm. And it worked. It got yeah. them to a Super Bowl. Right. They almost won it. Jamar Chase has immense upside. Can he replicate a 1,500-yard, 14-touchdown season like he did last year? That's really hard to do. I still think he can get 1,200 yards, close to double-digit touchdowns. That's why he's in this list. Uh, following that, Devontae Adams, new team. Josh McDaniels is really great at exploiting mismatches. So I think that Las Vegas Raiders offense is going to be very multiple this year as far as passing games go. I could see Devontae Adams going off. 30 plus points some weeks now stefan diggs in buffalo follows that as alex alluded to great route runner josh allen seems to love him mm. he's gonna have another 1200 yard season close to double digit touchdowns cd lamb wide receiver one in dallas now and unfortunately for dallas their wide receivers keep dropping like flies in training camp his target share is going to skyrocket with that Another guy that you guys have not mentioned yet, Tyree Kill. Mm. I have him on this tier. I know a lot of people are concerned about you know, going from a Holmes to Tua and the level of quarterback play there. But when you look at the uh, route splits between what Mike McDaniels runs in Miami and what Tyree Kill ran in Kansas City, his route tree is going to be fairly similar, and a lot more of his production is going to come after the catch, which would be better for fantasy because of, instead of him running – really far down the field than catching it. He's just going to catch it and run really far. You know, yards after catch, great for fantasy. And then following that, Debo Samuel, he's still a dual threat. His rushing load's going to go way down, as we've seen with this contract dispute. But, I mean, there's still going to be times where, like, Kyle Shanahan's going to go up to him. He's like, hey, look, I need you to do this so we can win. Debo will most likely oblige, and they'll score. They'll score points. Now, as far as the solid tier goes, Alex, this is going back to you. I got a lot. I'll make it quick. Matt, you mentioned Tyreek Hill. You're right. I don't like him in Miami for fantasy, but I bet you he gets a lot of red zone targets. You add in a couple deep balls. Call him a top 10 wide receiver. That's perfectly fine. Then I like to look at a guy like A.J. Brown. Uh, I get it if you want to take him higher, but you can't feel confident with him in the top 10. Uh, the Eagles and the injuries and I don't, you know, they were run heavy last year. I don't know. Obviously, I mean, he played with Derrick Henry, run heavy offense, yeah. and he succeeded. He's very athletic. I guess I love the player, hate the team kind of thing. Uh, Keenan Allen, give me a guy who's on Justin Herbert's team. Will most likely average 10 yards per catch, and I think he's very safe. Uh, big guy I'm high on right here. Scary Terry McLaurin. Okay. Love, love, love. Give me some Terry McLaurin. Uh, and I'll, I'll talk about him maybe a little later. Um, then I got Michael Pittman. Guy is Matt Ryan. And I think Matt Ryan saves his legacy in Indy. And I think he's going to play a lot better there. Give me Michael Pittman. Give me Marquise Brown. He's going to play with his college QB. I like that. D-hops out for six games. Kirk is out. I bet he's going to be a huge role immediately. Bet he'll average around 9, 10 targets a game in those first six weeks. 
And Kyler was the number one in deep ball completions last year. Interesting. And maybe like Hollywood Brown, like maybe he has a good start to the year after like week four. You know, mm-hmm. you know, D Hop's coming back. You sell him. You sell him high. Yeah, it's true. Why not? Strategy. Why not? I like that, Matt. <laughs> Sixteen. I got Mike Williams. And last year he did great in his first five games, and then he cooled off. Two Chargers receivers on this list. Yeah. Ooh. And he cooled off a lot. I, I think I know who one of your top quarterbacks is going to be. A little foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> um, you can't have guys who just explode and are consistent in fantasy. That's my thing. You either get guys that are going to explode and be consistent, which is your Jonathan Taylor or Christian McCaffrey, hopefully Christian McCaffrey, but besides that, you either pick a guy who's consistent or you pick a guy who might explode. And Mike Williams is going to be your guy that explodes, and I think he's going to score a lot of points. Give him Jay Herb. I think he gets those points. Allen Robinson, still a baller, uh, still one of the best wide receivers in man coverage, and I bet he surprises a lot of people. 18, I got Kirtland Sutton. My boy. Cortland? Yes. Cortland. <laughs> and I'm very high on him. He has Russell. That's about it. Um, Amari Cooper. I have him. Ooh. I have him here. This will be my last. Even with Jacoby? Yeah. All right. All I, right. I have Amari Cooper. High ceiling. But he's Cleveland's number one wide receiver. And I bet with Watson, I, I guarantee you this guy's going to get good touches. I go Cooper here. And again, I just want to clarify. We don't know if the NFL is going to appeal the Watson suspension because... We're recording this a week before you're listening. So if Watson's suspension is somehow increased, Alex has every right to be wrong because he is not presented with that information yet. Correct. That's it. That's my guy. We've got to cover ourselves there. And then, Jeff, I'll throw it back over to you here. All right. Once again, no particular order. Um, Tyreek Hill went to a new team with a lot of offensive weapons, and Tua may or may not pan out. You don't know. Um, DK Metcalf is going to have – awful QB play for the entire year and has to compete with Tyler Lockett. Uh, Deontay Johnson, who is also going to have potentially bad QB play all year, and the offense may lean on Najee Harris a lot, but I still think he'll be somewhat productive. Um, Amari Cooper going to a new team. Cleveland should run the ball a lot this year, especially throughout uh, Deshaun Watson's suspension. Uh, Won't have him for six games. And who knows what Deshaun Watson will look like after he finally plays football again after two years. Um, Chris Godwin, deep receiver core in Tampa and is currently hurt right now. Um, Adam Thielen has to compete with Justin Jefferson. Mike Williams has to compete with Keenan Allen. Uh, Devontae Smith should have a great year too, but now has to compete with A.J. Brown. And a couple guys I just want to mention really quickly. Um, Michael Thomas could be good but also hasn't played football in two years and went from Drew Brees to Jameis Winston and now has to compete with Jarvis Landry and Chris Olave, and that's also why I'm not including Jarvis Landry either. All right, fair enough, fair enough. So my list, I kind of broke it into a, a couple categories. These are guys with elite quarterbacks, but they don't always find the end zone, but when they do, they're going off. And these guys are Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, and T. Higgins. Now, a lot of these guys, as you've already alluded to, there's a lot of mouths to feed on those offenses. Mm -hmm. And so you really don't know if they're going to go off. And it's kind of like, it's really boom or bust with these guys. But again, a bust for them is only like 12 points. And that's really not bad. But now these the next category I have are these guys that are in a run-heavy offense with maybe some questionable quarterback play. These guys are DJ Moore, A.J. Brown, Jalen Waddell, Deontay Johnson, and Michael Pittman. Now, 
I've already said enough. These guys, questionable quarterback play on these guys, and they're in a very run-first team. So, you know, if that quarterback play clicks, these guys will have immense upside because they're all the one, you know, they're all the 1A targets on their team. And then my next little subcategory of this are guys that are really good with really bad quarterbacks. Scary Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf, and Brandon Cooks. Now, I know we love Davis Mills on this station, but if you Absolutely. were to rank, I don't. If you were to rank Hater. Davis Mills, Carson <laughs> Wentz, and Geno Smith slash Drew Locke, they wouldn't be anywhere near the top half of the league, And but these guys are, are gifted with these wide receivers. I feel bad for them, just because, but just because these guys are so talented, they can make up for that on a fantasy football level. Fair. Fair enough. Fair I, enough. I, I like Deontay Johnson as well. Um, I, I kept him off my list, but I do agree, Matt. I think he has huge, huge, huge upside. Yeah, all right. And then let's go to the guys that are going to be throwing them the ball. Let's get into our quarterback rankings. These are always fun. I know we had some little, little sparring about what to do with quarterbacks as far as drafting goes. But who should our listeners draft? Alex, I'll take it over to you. Josh Allen. Yes, only, absolutely. That is the only. Do we all? Is that our consensus answer? Like it's just the elite tier is just yeah. Josh Allen. I, yes. I have others, but he's my top. Okay. Yeah. So we have the. Jo- all right. So we have Josh Allen tier, and then Jeff, the remainder of your S tier. So, um, Josh Allen, obviously, I think he's going to win MVP this year. Um, Patrick Mahomes. Has a lot of playmakers on offense, including the best tight end in Travis Kelsey and two burners in McCole Hardman and MVS. Justin Herbert, poised for a great year this year, was second in passing yards last year and has two great wide receivers and Eckler who can catch as well. Joe Burrow got an upgrade at offensive line that has a deep receiver core. This one might be a little bit controversial, but I'm going to say Lamar Jackson. I don't think that's controversial at all. Well, just because a lot of um, his wide receiver weapons are limited, but I think he's going to revert back to running the ball a lot more, which is going to get you rushing points, so that's why I I have him as elite. All right. Now, obviously, we have the Josh Allen tier, so now let's go on to our our good tier, guys. Uh, Alex, back to you. Look, you didn't get Josh Allen. Oh, it's okay. Don't cry. You got Justin Herbert. Jeff, you hit on him good. The only thing I'll add is he likes to go for it on fourth down. And it's you know true. what that means? It's more passes. Yes. More chances to score. Yes. More chances to get first down. I like Justin Herbert. Pat Mahomes loses Tyreek. I think you know Jeff. He's good enough that wherever he goes, he's going to make it work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like Joe Burrow. Give me Joe Burrow. The offense added a lot. Best wide receiver duo in the league. Five, I got Kyler Murray. Uh, he was still great last Ooh, season. I like this one. I'm not worried about him missing D-Hop, but, you know, I understand if you don't like him here. Uh, that's fine. I'm going to go Jalen Hurts. I think he's going to have an awesome year with A.J. Brown. Give me Tom Brady. Uh, he might be without Godwin for a while, miss a lot of wide receivers, but when you have Brady, Brady, you just you just do good. Yeah, it's it's, just, it's the Tom effect. Yeah, you just do good. They're gonna have Tom Brady, and then Jeff. I got Russell Wilson. I love Russ. I'm excited to see what he Broncos does. country. Let's, let's ride. ride. Broncos yes. country. Let's ride. <laughs> I love it, and I love Russell, and I think that this is his chance to save his legacy. A little more, like I was talking about with Matt in the car today. Yep. And then I got Lamar Jackson. 
Uh, they had to go past heavy last year. Now I think he steps back to his old ways, and you see this backfield, and you don't know what's going to happen on any play. You don't know if it's going to be a draw. You don't know if it's going to be an option. You don't know if, if everybody's going deep, and then Lamar's just going to run it anyway, or if he throws it 100 yards in the air. That's Lamar Jackson. You don't know. And if that's the Lamar you're drafting, then he has potential to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So give me Lamar. Fair enough. Jeff, throw it over to you. For me, uh, I got Kyler Murray, dual threat, and uh, obviously will be without D-Hop for the first six games, so that could take away from his production there. Um, Aaron Rodgers just has, not questioning Aaron Rodgers' talent whatsoever, but has limited weapons to work with. Tom Brady has a deep wide receiver core and is the greatest of all time, but just to me personally doesn't do a whole lot that's spectacular for fantasy. Uh, Russell Wilson has a lot of weapons to use, but he's going to a new system with a new coaching staff and is coming off of injury. Fair enough, fair enough. So my tier for this, I've got Patty Mahomes. Enough, sa- enough said right there. It's, mm-hmm. pa- it's Patrick Mahomes. Of course. We, we all know who that is. You know, Justin Herbert, second in passing yards last year, second year in this offense, improved defense. This Chargers team is going to be very good, and he's going to be the driving force behind it. Take him in fantasy leagues. He's my quarterback three. Lamar Jackson. Alex, I agree. I think the run game for Lamar is going to be a focal point for the Ravens this year. Mm -hmm. He can throw the ball. The year he won MVP, which was also the year he had the most rushing yards. The year he had his most rushing yards, he led the league in touchdown passes. And I think his running game sets up so many scoring opportunities for him on the ground and the air as, you know, uh, uh, in the past. Next one, I have Jalen Hurts. Uh, Nick Sirianni has been able to manufacture a... He's going to be able to manufacture Jalen Hurts a lot of really easy looks. And he's going to be a lesser degree of Lamar Jackson in terms of running to set up the pass. And, you know, Jalen Hurts is the king of garbage time. Did any of you guys have him last year? I did not, know. Uh, See, no. I I had him in, like, one of my leagues. He'd always have, like, eight points to start the fourth quarter, but he'd always score, like, two garbage time touchdowns and finish with 24. Hmm. Garbage time king. Next one, I've got Dak Prescott. Dallas, they want to use uh, they want to use the running backs in the passing game more, so that's going to set up more, more passing opportunities for Prescott. You know, he's going to be feeding CeeDee Lamb, and his receivers are going down, but he's got Dalton Schultz as well, Tony Pollard and Zeke out of the backfield. That offense is very vertical-centric, big chunk plays for the Cowboys offense. Dak Prescott is a solid quarterback to have. Now, as far as the low-end quarterback starting, like starting quarterbacks for your fantasy team, Alex, who do you have for this tier? Well, personally, I, I want to say, unless you're in a 12-man league, if you're getting one of these guys that I'm about to name as your starting QB, then I think you failed. Um, <laughs> wow. Well, I, I way, way to comfort our listeners. They'll certainly come back for future episodes. And I hope you're the best. These are not any guys that I necessarily want at QB1, and I don't think that any of them except maybe one has the ceiling to even go to a potential QB1, but I got Matt Stafford. Great first year with Cooper Cup. He's got Allen Robinson. Good offense. Number 11, Matt, you talked about this guy. I just don't like him, but give me Dak Prescott. He's still a great quarterback, and if you have to start him, that's fine. I bet they continue to go pass heavy, but I think the volume goes down, and I never trust him as a QB, so I won't pick him. And then the one guy that I really think can come up is Trey Lance. Uh, I just, I wrote in my notes, he can be bad and still get good points. 
That's kind of how I feel about Trey Lance when it comes to fantasy football. 13, give me Derek Carr. Threw for 4,800 passing yards, but only 23 touchdowns. Now he has Devontae Adams, though. 14, give me Aaron Rodgers. 37 passing touchdowns last year, but he's got no wide receivers. Uh, and then 15, good old reliable Kirk Cousins. Most pass-heavy offense. Has Jefferson. Kirk Cousins. Fair enough. Jeff, uh, for me, uh, I got Jalen Hurts, has two great wide receivers and can run, but still isn't 100% proven. Matthew Stafford saw a quarterback, but led the NFL in interceptions last year. And the last guy I have is Derek Carr. I'm not a big fan of Derek Carr, but he has Devontae Adams and Darren Waller to throw to this year. So I put him at solid. Fair enough. Fair enough. As far as my own list goes, I have Joe Burrow leading off this list. Obviously, they improved the offensive line last year, which means they're going to be able to do a lot more with their offense, and that means a lot more running as well now that they have the protection for it. So I think his numbers take a subtle dip. Uh, Tom Brady's also here on this uh, this list. There's so many mouths to feed in Tampa. You really never know much consistency. And they, they really were uh, leaning on Leonard Fournette in the red zone last year, so I think a little bit of Brady's uh, red zone touchdowns will drop a bit. Next on this list, I have Matthew Stafford. Again, a really run-heavy offense with the, uh, with the Rams. Not as, not as many touch Last year, he had 41 touchdowns. That's nearly that's going to be really hard to replicate. You don't have back-to-back 40 touchdown seasons. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that production went to Cooper Cup. You know, your receiving core took a subtle dip. So I think, you know, he'll, regre- he'll regress back to, you know, average Matt Stafford, which at the same time, not, not a bad quarterback at all. And then finishing out this list, I have Russell Wilson. Uh, he's going to an offense that loves to target the middle of the field. Russell Wilson really hasn't shown much interest in targeting the middle of the field, so I think there's going to be some learning curves for both parties there for the beginning part of the season. But I think he'll start to click towards the end of the year. All right. That, that concludes quarterbacks. And now let's go on to probably the most boom or bust questionable position in fantasy football. Uh, that's the tight end tier. So... Alex, take it away. Who is your elite tight ends? Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews. Uh, I bet they both get more targets this year. I think you can flip-flop them if you want. But if I had to pick, like, I know we're not ranking. If I had to pick one that's better than the other, because it kind of does matter at tight ends if you're at that point where you get to pick who you want. I think Travis is better because he's been giving you the same thing every year. And I'm not sure it's Andrews because, like I mentioned earlier, the Ravens were more pass-heavy last year than I think they will be this year. But I still have Mark Andrews in the elite tier tight end list. So don't think, you know, I don't think anything less of him. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, I, I would just put Travis a little ahead of him. Those are my two guys. Jeff, how about you? I also have Travis Kelsey in there. Kansas City has a lot of weapons, but Kelsey is the most familiar with Mahomes and will be his most reliable target. I'm throwing George Kittle in there. San Francisco also has a lot of weapons, including Debo, who's going to get a lot of touches. But I think he can be the safety blanket for a rookie, Trey Lance. Well, not rookie, but yeah, Trey Lance going starter, to his first yeah. year. Yeah. And then my last guy, like you said, Alex, Mark Andrews, was fifth in receptions last year, sixth in receiving yards, and ninth in receiving touchdowns last year. And that was with Hollywood Brown, who is now gone. I think he'll be Lamar's most reliable target. See, my tier is a singular player. And it's Mark Andrews. You look, at, you look at that Ravens offense. 
he's their best skill guy. I know if if you're right, you're an offensive coordinator. Who are you drawing up a play for? Gus Edwards, Rashard Bateman, uh, forget his first Devin du- Devin Devin Duvernay, Devin Duvernay <laughs> or Mark Andrews. If your answer's not Mark Andrews, you'd be fired after a year. Mark Andrews is going to get such a such an astronomical target share in that Ravens offense. His receptions are going to increase. His red zone usage is going to increase. This man potentially will outscore some wide receiver twos this year. I'm really high on Mark Andrews. As far as the good tier goes, Alex, let's give hear me, your guys. Give me Darren Waller. But Alex, Hunter Redfro. But Alex, Devontae Adams. Deratish. No. Darren Waller. That's who I want. He's still a dog. I like Kyle Pitts. Uh, I know a lot of people don't like Kyle Pitts. I like him. Uh, he has no more Matt Ryan, but his best games last year that accounted for many of his fantasy points were against awful teams. And they have a pretty rough schedule. I think the ceiling is pretty low, but I like Kyle Pitts in this tier. And then give me George Kittle, Trey Lance, a lot of weapons there, run heavy offense, injuries, but hey, whatever. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Jeff, let's hear your tight ends. So the first guy I have, Darren Waller. Uh, Devonta Adams is coming over, which is probably going to limit his production to only a good tier. Otherwise, I think he's elite. Um, Dalton Schultz with uh, Amari Cooper gone gives him more opportunities. TJ Hawkinson is the best receiving option for Jared Goff, even if Amon Ross St. Brown's production picks up. And then my last guy is Kyle Pitts. Only had one touchdown last year and does have Marcus Mariota as his quarterback. But Calvin Ridley is suspended for the whole year, and Russell Gage is now in Tampa Bay, and Drake London is a rookie, so he should be a more productive piece this year in his second year and should probably get more red zone targets. And he averaged 15 yards per catch last year, so every pass he catches could get you two and a half points. Solid. That's a solid list right there. Uh, So as far as my tier goes, I've got Travis Kelsey in this tier. Obviously, they lost Tyreek Hill. Uh, Their receiving core got worse Travis, Kelsey, Travis Kelsey's been a consistent focal point in that offense since he's been there, and I don't see any reason why that will change suddenly. Uh, Kyle Pitts, this guy can play receiver if he had to. He is so athletic, so versatile, and an Atlanta Falcons offense that's lacking playmaking. Get ready for a boom year for Kyle Pitts. Following that, I have George Kittle. He's healthy again. Kyle Shanahan's got to start doing some more creative things because he has an unproven quarterback. What better way to help a young quarterback than by establishing a security blanket over the middle? George Kittle's great at that. He's great after the catch. Get ready for a bounce back here from Kittle. And as far as this go- and sorry, last guy in this list, Darren Waller. New offensive coordinator, uh, well, head coach and offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniels, loves to utilize mism- mismatches. You know, McDaniels turned prime Gronk into what Prime Gronk was. And, you know, before Aaron Hernandez killed that guy, he had Aaron Hernandez playing <laughs> at an elite level, too. And I don't see why he can't do that same thing with Darren Waller. Now, let's go finish out these tight end rankings. Alex, let's get your low-end tight end ones. Yeah, I'm not going to hit these guys too hard um, because just in general, in the tight ends, I think if you're not getting Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews... Yeah, there is a the Tight ends have the biggest drop off honestly if we wanted to we could have done 
high tier and just low tier tight ends, and I think that would have been well. Low tier would just be the rest of the league. Low tier would be like twenty four guys. And that's about my list. So, <laughs> so uh, Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, the rest. Yeah, pretty much is kind of how I think about it. Um, but I like I like Dalton Schultz. I like T.J. Hawkinson. Zach Ertz is one I like. Uh, Dawson Knox. Um, I like Irv Smith Jr. a lot. Hunter Henry. I, I I still believe in Hunter Henry, by the way, and I think I think he's got a chance. Uh, Dallas Goder I like, and there's always Albert Oka. I can't pronounce his last name. Oh, Okaway Bunam. Yeah, I got yeah. you. We have, we have a resident. Bro. You could just call him Albert O. That's what everybody calls him. And I like Albert O. Yeah, so if you guys see a random name you can't pronounce under the tight ends list at your drafts, it's that guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's good, and I like him. And all these guys have the potential to be a top five tight end, every single one. I just tight end so hard, and offenses change how they use tight ends every year. Uh, you could put Dave Nachuka in there. I didn't, but hey. Jeff, let's get the let's finish out your tight end list. Here we go. Who we got here? For me, uh, Dallas Goddard, I think he's great, but Brown and Smith are going to get more attention. Um, Dawson Knox, there's no more Emmanuel Sanders, no more Cole Beasley, so it should open up some more opportunities for him. And the last guy I got is Pat Fryermuth, who, again, will not have good QB play probably, and I think Deontay Johnson is still going to get more attention, but I still think he's solid. You just made Pat Weber smile, so... (laughs) Good for you. I love you, Pat. He doesn't. He doesn't know. It. He just smiled like right now. When he, he listens to he this, he doesn't know why. It's like, oh, I smiled Tuesday at six thirty <laughs> because of that. <laughs> but um, all right. The last guys of our player ranking series come from my tight end list, and then, uh, Alex, as you said, there is a substantial drop off with tight end. So that's why I only have two guys to round this out, and I have T.J. Hawkinson. Jared Goff seems to be be very comfortable throwing into this. Be very comfortable throwing to him. He'll be very good in the red zone for Detroit, and I think the offense will improve. Hawkinson, get ready for a better season for him. And then Dalton Schultz with Dallas, his receivers dropping like flies, as we've already said several times. His targets will go up. His usage will go up. Dalton Schultz, get ready for an impressive year for him. Well, we finished our player rankings now, and we know who we should target, but who are some guys to avoid? Like, who are some guys with, like, really high bust potential that you would want to shy our viewers away from yeah i i don't have many um right yeah yeah like these are like very like rare these aren't like we're not going to throw a bunch of guys at you because we want our listeners to be well informed when they're fantasy leagues for so they, sure so they come back next year correct uh so i kind of go conspiracy theorist with some of these picks uh, wonderful but Traylon burks is one of them and usually you have a rookie wide receiver and they go into training camp and they can be so average, and everybody talks about them like they are God. Yep. Nobody has talked about Traylon Burks, and that worries me that every day camp goes by, and nobody cares to talk about Traylon Burks. So I'm avoiding Traylon Burks yeah. strictly because of that. Uh, Kenneth Walker the third, I think he's going to be good, mm-hmm. but these guys don't usually get good until the end of fantasy and I just don't think he's as worth it to draft. As high as he's going right now, I don't like Kenneth Walker. I don't like Zeke Elliott. I honestly think that Tony is a better running back. And, and I, here's a little bit of my conspiracy. But Ooh. Tinfoil hats are on. <laughs> tinfoil, tinfoil hats on. The Cowboys have 
obviously paid Ezekiel Elliott more money than they ever should have. Correct. They have, they are going to want to use him because of that, but they have a very hard schedule to start. And I think that he's going to struggle a lot in the beginning, and then it's going to get down to a point where they want to win more than use Zeke, and Zeke's not going to get that time that I, uh, I thought he might. And then, Matt, this was a guy that you talked about, but I'm not crazy about DJ Moore. I'm sure he's going to average 10 or 12 points, but where he's going right now is just I think he's very replaceable. So I'm not crazy about DJ Moore. Fair enough, fair enough. Jeff, who are you scaring our listeners away from? The first guy I have is Devin Singletary, and I I love Devin Singletary. Yeah. I think he's very talented, but the Allen to Diggs uh, connection is going to be the focal point of this offense. And Buffalo just drafted James Cook, and they also have Zach Moss, which are all limiting uh, Devin Singletary's opportunities. The second guy I have is Kenny Galladay. Has a lot of guys to compete with. Doesn't really stand out all that much from them and has Daniel Jones as his quarterback. Only had 521 receiving yards last year. And the last one is only, it's two players, but I grouped them together and you'll see why. And it's only to avoid them at first, in my opinion. It's Travis Etienne and James Robinson. I wouldn't necessarily draft them. I keep an eye on them in the waiver wire just to see which one of them emerges as running back number one. Fair enough, fair enough. Good list there. So... My players to avoid. First one, we talked about him earlier, actually, in our rankings. James Conner. He's being drafted right now as a low-end RB1, high running back two. He's never averaged more than 3.7 yards per carry in his career. And most of his uh, production last season was touchdown dependent, which, you know, 15 rushing touchdowns last year and three in the air. TDs are a very year-to-year stat. And if you're banking on touchdowns for a majority of your points... It's not gonna. It's not gonna be consistent. A wide receiver, Jeff. I'm sorry about this, Jerry Judy. Mm, Jerry hurts. Judy, his ADP is current. <laughs> his ADP is currently around the seventh round, 71st overall. So that'd be like the first pick of the seventh round on average. A majority of Jerry Judy's production last year came from him running as a slot receiver. Russell Wilson is notorious for not targeting his slot receivers. Uh, now, I did my notes before the Tim Patrick news came out, but Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton were going to be Russ, Russell Wilson's guys on, deep on the outside, and I don't know if Jerry Judy can play on the outside. He might have to now because Tim Patrick just tore his ACL. Mm-hmm. Get but, better soon, Pat. Yeah, hope for the best, but uh, that's uh, – and again, I'm avoiding Judy. As far as quarterbacks go, Dan Groen, I'm sorry. Avoid Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I agree. His ADP right now is 93rd overall, so around ninth round. He lost Devontae Adams in free agency, and his top targets are Alan Lazard and Robert Tunyon and a rookie Christian Watson. I would not touch him until, like, if, if, if he slips to, like, the 11th or 12th round, go for it then. But this is not going to be the same Aaron Rodgers we've seen from a fantasy level in the past. Now, my last guy to avoid... New England Patriots side end Hunter Henry. Uh, New England still has no real clear direction. Like they have no offensive coordinator, so we really don't know what direction their <laughs> offense is heading. Um, and he's still putting time with Johnny Smith. It's a run-first offense. They really haven't seen tight end production at all since Gronk left. Now, given that's really hard to replace. But you know his ADP right now, he's still being drafted as high as the 12th round. So I would, uh, if you can get him on waiver wire, so be it. I would not waste a draft pick on him. 
Well, now we scared our viewers away from some guys, but let's gaslight our listeners into some players. Let's make some let's let's get let's gas them up. Give them some really high praise for these guys that may or may not win or lose them the league. Alex, I will go to you. Scary Terry McLaurin. I love it. Should be the only guy talked about in fantasy as a sleeper wide receiver. And he, he's not a sleeper then if everyone agree, if everyone agrees he's underrated. It's just because he hasn't been good. And, All right, and Carson Wentz doesn't help. I, I think Carson Wentz does help. He had 33 deep targets. He caught 11 and had zero tro- drops. So that means two out of three were bad throws or defended. He caught seven of those that were contested. So, I mean, do what you want with Wentz, but he's always had a good deep ball. So if McLaurin dies in a car crash, then I die in a car crash. <laughs> Because I believe, so I got Christian Kirk and Ronald Jones. I think they are oh, they, they clear one and two. They're going to be playing all the time. Kirk got over 120 targets, and Jones is falling deep. And I think this team's going to pass more this season. I'm excited to see where these guys go. Um, Urban's gone. A lot of good things. I have a lot, but I'll I'll just give give, you, give us a rundown. You don't have to go into much detail. I like Chris Olave. Uh, I think a lot of people don't talk about Olave because he wasn't the coolest wide receiver in this wide receiver heavy draft. But uh, you got Jabo. He was though. close. I don't know. He was pretty popular on like football TikTok in like March or eight, uh, like March. I don't know if any of you guys followed that, but he he was talked about. I mean, I yeah, I'd hope so. He was drafted in the first round, but so were another twenty five thousand wide receivers <laughs> in the first round, and I think that's why people are sleeping on him so much. And I uh, I think I think he gets a lot of good passes. I like Tyler Boyd. I like Rashad Penny. Uh, I think he has a lot of upside this year. I think he's going to get a lot more runs than people think. Uh, yeah, I like these guys. I think they're good sleepers. Jeff. Gaslight some of our listeners into your sleepers. So the first guy I have is Robert Tunyon, um, has been in Devonta Adams' shadow up until this point. But with him gone, I think that Rodgers will probably lean on him a little bit more. And the next guy isn't really a big sleeper, but I think will surprise a lot of people is Darnell Mooney. I think that he fits Justin Fields' style of play the best out of any wide receiver on the Bears roster. And Allen Robinson is now gone to the Rams, so I see Mooney moving into that number one spot. And Justin Fields should be more comfortable this year, and I see Darnell Mooney Mooney benefiting the most from that. Good list. agree with a lot of those guys. Now get ready. My first sleeper, Michael Thomas. Finally cleared from an ankle injury after two years, and he finally has a quarterback that can push the ball deep. I know... You talked about it earlier, the breeze to Winston drop-off just in itself seems like uh, seem, seems significant. But when you think of like Drew Brees' weak arm towards the end of his career, Jameis Winston will throw it downfield. No, you know what's getting. Right. So he finally has a quarterback that can target him deep. Defenses can't focus on Thomas alone because you know, Kamara's still going to be there. Now they have Olave and Landry. And the last full season, he was healthy. He was averaging 23.4 points per per game. And his ADP right now has him falling into the seventh round. Sleeper there for Michael Thomas. My next guy, Alex, I completely disagree with you. Kenneth Walker III 
the Seattle Seahawks, will be the running back one, and he will win you leagues. Chris Carson had to retire due to a neck injury, which was unfortunate, which leaves him and Rashard Penny. Penny missed seven games in 2021. He missed 13 games in 2020, seven in 2019, and four games in 2018. Moral of the story is the guy he's competing with can't stay healthy. And so by default, he will be starting a number of games. And towards the end of the season, he'll be the running back one. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I really do think Kenneth Walker is going to be very good. And I said that. I just his ADP is incredibly high right now. So if you can get Kenneth Walker, he's going to be good. He might even win you your league, but don't take him in the first five or six rounds if that's where he is. I think his ADP right now is the end of the sixth. Yeah, and I would wait if you could. Okay, and that might- which makes him a sleeper. Yeah, that's yeah sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. Next guy on my list, Evan Ingram. Doug Peterson, new Jacksonville Jaguars head coach. Peterson's offense is very tight end centric. Uh, when he was in Philadelphia with Zach Ertz, Ertz put up 120, 100, sorry, 824 yards and eight touchdowns, 1163 yards and eight touchdowns, and 900 yards and six touchdowns. And Evan Ingram's that tight end one. We all joke about you know Pro Bowl tight end Evan Ingram who can't seem to catch a ball. I think with Trevor Lawrence, he's going to take that next step. And my last sleeper, this might be real controversial, Trey Lance. Get ready, because this guy is the biggest boomer bust we've seen in fantasy football since Mahomes. He's got, he's got the arm of Allen, but we have no idea about his processing and how Kyle Shanahan's going to call games with him. If Kyle Shanahan puts his trust in him, get ready for Trey Lance to go berserk. But he very well could be a Boston blow up in your face. So take that with a grain of salt. Now, if you do take a lot of guys that blow up in your face, you're not going to win. And unfortunately, there's always going to be a loser. So guys, what is the worst loser punishment or punishments you've ever you know, done, found, or seen for uh, fantasy football? I definitely, I've never done this. But, I mean, there's a lot of bad ones. And you can get into, you know, like, literally hurting people or... <laughs> well, that's like, not cool. Don't do that, guys. Don't, don't do crimes, I'm, I'm guys. Don't do crimes. No, no crimes. No crimes. Something that will hurt you a lot, but it's not going to hurt you a lot, is taking the ACT. I literally <laughs> oh. think... I think if you lose, you have to... First off, you have to wake up early on a Saturday. You have to pay... And that's like four or five hours taking a test. And I think taking the ACT is such like, I, I do so many more things than take the ACT. But couldn't couldn't you just like not even study, just put like A over and over again? And yeah, but you're still in the room for that selective amount of true. time. You, it's like, true. You don't have your phone. You don't get oh, to put boy. in your, like you don't get to turn in your booklet any sooner mm, okay. because of that. Right. I mean, like I, you're there I for see like that locked in time. I just, I, yeah, I think it's very rough. Now, for us, that might not be like that bad because we're not too far from high school. But if like you're like in a like if act like adult adult, that would be terrible. Yeah, I mean Jeff, you're an adult adult. Do you <laughs> want to take? No, you don't. You don't want to take the ACT? No. Is that all? Is that all you got, Alex? Yeah, I'll go there. See where you guys go. I might have some more. Jeff, um, where's yours? So I got three. 
The first one is the loser would have to write a 1,000 word essay on why the first place individual is so awesome and why they're Whoa. better than them. Like, not just in fantasy, but like but just in like life. As life. Like, yes. how they're so much better than. Okay. Mm -hmm. The second one that would be really, really hurt you financially. Take everyone else in the league to the Cheesecake Factory and pay for all of them. Oh my god, dude. That's like $300, maybe if you're lucky. That I was thinking closer to a god thirty. All right, let's appetizers and a meal. That's probably point, like point is person. That, yeah. point is a lot of money, and then the last one is this works for um, a lot of you guys since you guys are still in school. If you're not in school, just go out in public and do this. Go to class dressed as a clown, like not like yes, not like just like the nose, like full on wig, clown costume, wig, clown shoes, right? Yes, yes. Face everything, face yes. paint, I love everything it. for an entire day. And if anyone asks you why you're dressed as a clown, your only response is because I'm a clown. You can't that, say anything else. That is psychological. <laughs> oh my gosh, I, I found some fun ones myself. Um, I have the milk mile, or insert another beverage mile. Okay. That is where the loser will have to chug 8 to 12 ounces of milk, run a lap around the track, chug another. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, it's the milk mile. After every lap, you got to chug another glass of milk, Okay. run another lap. How it, many laps? Four la uh, it depends on which... Obviously, I was assuming this would be on like a quarter mile tra uh, track, so like four laps. Oh but I mean, boy. chugging 48 ounces of milk and then running—that, yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, that's that's, that's a pretty rough. bad one. That I'm so I'm doing that. That's punishment for two of my leagues this year. So that's that's what that's what came. Don't in. come in last, Matt. <laughs> yeah, don't play. I don't plan on it. Uh, the next next one. It's a couple of other ones. This is a uh, public embarrassment. Uh, there's a couple ones, maybe, I've seen some where they have the loser dress up as Cupid and go around a busy mall on a holiday handing out arrows. <laughs> I've seen one where if you live in a warmer climate or wait till the summer, you put a dunk tank in a public area and you allow just bystanders to dunk the loser who's in the dunk tank. That's not, I don't think that's too bad. And then I have another one that's just a person standing on the side of a busy road holding up a sign that says, I suck at fantasy football. Good old yeah. classic one. And then uh, two more. Last one is uh, the doll date. Where oh, a person no. takes a life-size... <laughs> a person takes a life-size doll oh. to a crowded restaurant on a Friday or Saturday night as a table for two, and it's just them and the doll in the middle of the restaurant, and they have to finish three-course meal. Oh, yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> that's awful. That's a bad would one. the restaurant like would they even allow that? I yeah, mean, why not? Basically, you just say you're telling me he's crazy. You just you just say a table for one, and you just put your little blow up doll in the next leg like, in the seat across. Okay, from all right. And then the next one. This is gonna seem yeah, then just wearing a draft. Sorry, wearing a dress to next year's draft. Mm. You know, white. Classic it has one. to be an in-person draft, though. Yeah, it's got to be in-person, obviously. But, yeah, that's uh, that's all the punishments. Hey, for our women fantasy players, that might be a pretty easy punishment. <laughs> oh, yeah, them, yeah. Sorry. That, well, again, I'm in a league with – I'm in some fantasy leagues with women, so, I mean, they would girl boss that. But, I mean, you know, if the loser would have to cross-dress, right. that that's I why mean, it's a punishment. 
Okay. I'll throw I'll throw in one more that I really like. Wonderful. Um, it's it's I've seen it a few times. It's the Waffle House punishment. Ah uh, yes, this classic. And the Waffle House punishment. Uh, in case you know, you want to do this is somebody has to spend 24 hours in a Waffle House. But for every set of waffles they eat, they can take off an hour. Oh, it's a time. set of waffles. I yeah. thought it was. How many waffles? I thought it was just one waffles. waffle. Well, or, or however you want to do it, guys. You know, however you want to do it. Every how, how many human rights do you want to violate? Either way, <laughs> if you've ever been to Waffle House, you ain't eating many waffles unless you really, really want to get out of there. So this is a good punishment. Wow. It's fair. I like wow. it. Wow. Yeah. Gentlemen, that concludes our show. I want to thank my analysts, Jeff Longville and Alex Henry, for joining me on my first ever hosting experience on SPT Overtime. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I know I had a fun time recording it with these gentlemen. Thank you again for listening. Hope to see you in the next episode. Peace out.